Welcome to episode 23 of Auto Off Topic. I'm Brad. And I'm your other host, Andrew. Not Brad, as the show I say. almost read it directly <laughs> and said Brad. And I'm Andrew. I'm your, I'm your other host, Brad. Andrew, what? <laughs> yes, and, so uh, those who don't know, which is all of you, we have show notes on our tablets in front of us, and he apparently did not edit it from last week. No, says, I just kind of co- I recopy says, them. Andrew. And then quote, just change them. And I'm your other host, Brad. <laughs> And Enzo is under here on the table getting pets. Yes, Enzo is here looking for attention today, yes. so we will give it to him. So uh, we're at episode 23, so that's pretty good. We're almost at 25. Yep. What episode do we stop counting? I don't know. I don't know either. I'll keep track because I, I keep well, all always, the show notes. Yeah, you always so. keep track, but I mean, at what episode do we, stop, do we start? Do we stop announcing what episode we're on? Like, right. It was cool in episode 1 yeah. and in episode 10. I, st- I feel it's kind of old I stopped hat. putting the episode numbers in the titles. I stopped doing that. Okay. Okay, a little yeah. more professional sounding. Yeah. So, what's going on with you, uh, Andrew? Not too much. It seems that weather, uh, the winter has finally broken. There was one final blast snowstorm yeah, we on talked the about first. The, yeah, we talked yeah. about that. But we had a ton of rain. We're getting more rain tomorrow. But the weekend... My basement's wet, of course. ...is supposed to be in the 60s and sunny. After all the rain. So yes. the roads are, of course... Yeah, all, they're nice clear. and clear. Yes, which means cars come out. Yes, and I've already heard motorcycles going by my house, so... I unfortunately saw the first motorcycle accident on the news last night, so it's already Yeah, happening. there's still some sand on the edge of the road, so you got to be really yep. careful on a motorcycle. But, no, we're getting there. Uh, I've already... I had the Galant. I had to move it out of the garage a couple times, because I'm doing... you got to nope, loosen that at the bottom. Adjusting Because I was doing some work in the house, I needed to move it out of the garage and back in. But I had it on a tender all week, all uh, winter. So the battery was good. And yeah, it's right, battery right up. It's a quart low. I got to change the oil. Going to try to do that this weekend, and then I think we're going to go for a drive on Sunday. That is the plan. That's that the is plan. the plan. It's it's hopefully nice with the Gallant and the Blue Seventy Eight yes. Colt. Yes. So kind of a shake the winter dust off of them mm-hmm. and, and use them for their intended purposes. Yeah. I I just need some driving therapy. I've been driven yes. a manual transmission in a while. Yeah, automatic all winter long. Automatic good. winter trucks. It used to so. not be as bad because my wife used to have the Jetta. That was a five-speed. Yeah. But we sold that and bought the Saab, and the Saab's an automatic. So yep. I don't have any cars in the wintertime right now that are manual transmissions. Yep. Unfortunately. <clears throat> so, uh... Well, we never talked about... Sebring. Uh, Sebring the other week. Yeah. Because it was like uh, two or three weeks ago now, but that was the other endurance race in Florida. That yep. I want to go to. I hear it's a, a huge party, and the weather looked like it was much better than Daytona. Yeah, talking to our friend uh, Rich. Yeah, um, he used to go. He's an older gentleman. He's in his I think he's in his seventies now. Actually, he's mm-hmm. in his seventies. Yeah, but he has stories from Sebring back in the fifties and sixties, and they're pretty awesome stories. Well, that's what the company that designs Forza Turn Ten. That's what they named after the Turn Ten at, at Sebring. Sebring yeah, because yeah. I guess it's like a party central. I've heard. Yeah, well, according to to Rich, it it, it is a party, and what he remembers from his wild youth at Sebring is got some cool stories down there. Yeah, but that was a cool race. That was again this year. Apparently, they've gotten a lot of the balance of performance correct. Yeah, there's a lot of racing going. There's on. There's a lot of racing. I, I mean, during the middle of the race, I mean, when Fox shows it, which they showed most they of this showed, one. They showed they, everything. The first two hours, I think, they didn't show. So it was twelve hours. They showed ten. So it was the final ten, which I guess. I mean, the you can't time. really complain about that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I thought they were showing the whole thing because I turned it on two hours into it. And I was like, oh, man, it's on to the end. Sweet. Uninterrupted <laughs> coverage. Didn't realize that I had already missed the first yeah. two hours that weren't even, weren't even shown. So. 
Well, that I it was better that I had to listen to the radio broadcast at work, so yeah. I didn't even get to watch it. But. Sorry, sorry to hear that. But the broadcast I didn't watch the whole thing. Good. I mean, I had family stuff going on. I was in and out. Yeah, I'd love to be able to dedicate an entire twelve or twenty-four to. Watch but it was cool but. Uh, that you know the Fords and the Friars were battling out in the middle, and then the end, um, the the Corvettes or the, the single Corvette, right? And I have forgotten his name. He's a very young driver. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. Oh man. I should have wrote this down. But regardless, I mean, it's old news now. He had a really good drive, and uh, I cannot remember the name of the Porsche driver either. He had a hell of a charge, and then he had that flat and had to come in. I mean, it would have been like a hell of a showdown, but... It would have been a great finish. It was still a great finish. It was. It was. Still, you know, the drama was greater than the racing at the end of it, but still, it was very entertaining and to watch. And the, the uh, you know, Wayne Taylor Racing, back-to-back wins... And then I'm excited because now this week and this Saturday afternoon, actually, they are going to be in Long Beach. That's another race I'd love to go to. That's a fun one to watch, too, because that's a street race. Yeah. Which street races are awesome. But I'd love to go there because... in Boston, but people suck. Yeah. I'd love to go there because I want to see the drifting that's there. The street race drifting? Well, the... On the they do course. Formula D. Yeah. yeah. I'm part of the course. Because I, I, there's no Formula D events in the Northeast. There's not one in New Jersey? Well... I think it maybe goes as far as New Jersey, but okay. nothing up. Nothing, nothing like New Hampshire. No, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, the New Hampshire stuff is just kind of local club loose north. Which is still fun to watch. It was. It's fun to watch, but what was really impressive uh, was when Ryan Turek showed up and they let them drift part of the NHMS Oval. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, you're like, oh, drifting, whatever. It's just kind of like people, you know, fucking around Playing in cars. Playing around in their cars, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like going to a skate park and watching people mess around, try to do skate tricks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, when Ryan Turek shows up, it's like Tony Hawk showing up and being yeah. like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, because when he d- starts in turn four and then initiates the drift in the middle of the front straight at 100, 100 plus, and then drifts yeah. through fir- you know, turn one, I was like, oh, that is actually very impressive. This like, is why yeah, people are way into this. Yeah, like that was pretty cool. Yeah, I've never seen a... Actually, I've never even been to the Club Loose North events. I haven't seen any drifting other than, you know, unsolicited, They're illegal, fun. nighttime... In the rain, back roads of Boston drifting, but oh, I've never seen fun. any legitimate drifting events. So I'd like to go to one. Maybe yeah. we should even go to New Jersey one day. I mean, it's, a, it's a day trip or two day trip, as we learned once. Oh, definitely. And I, I mean, we know people down there. Yeah, just meet you. Yeah, yep. be real cool. Uh, the other thing, uh, so I thought we might talk about summer events that we're thinking about. Jumping right into that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Have anything else to go on? So the. Imports of Carlisle. I think that's probably one of the first events. That's usually like my big dust-off event in the springtime. Like everything is getting prepared, ready for Carlisle. So this year we're doing things a little different at Carlisle too yep. because we're actually going to have a booth there. Um, a vine booth. Vintage Imports of New England. Not booth. an yeah. auto Well, you know, it's going to be both. Oh, okay. So and I think it'd be kind of cool. You know, we're not going to record a podcast there or anything, but I'm going to. No, why not? Well, maybe we will. Who knows? But I'm going to promote the show down there. I mean, that's captive audience of thousands of people so yep. we'll all get some flyers printed out maybe some stickers or something in the next couple of months yeah it's your target audience absolutely our target audience so if anybody has never been to the import and kit car nationals and you live on the east coast and you live on the east coast you definitely go it's probably the biggest um the biggest show of like-minded people like if you listen to this podcast and you're into the same kind of stuff we're into you're gonna have a good time it's also it's typically like the largest gathering of like Volvos. Like that's where they have their main meetup. Um, the Volvo Club of America and the Saab Club. 
Yeah. And the Opal Club. Yeah. So if you're uh, into... All have their big national... And Audi's got a big gathering, too. But they all have, like, big national events yeah, there. Yeah, you're into Swedish metal. So there is tons. Yes. <laughs> not of the musical kind. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of Volvos, Saabs, and Opals, which Opals, to me, are amazing because they're all old, and I love old things. Yep. Um, mostly old. So there's some weird imported ones that show up, too. But, um, yeah, they're probably... I'd say there's probably 100 Volvos and 100 Saabs and probably 50 Opals and probably 100 Yeah, they Audis. do like that autocross there. And- there's an autocross. Now, because they combined it with their speed and style event, which I'm not a huge fan of. What is that? It's, it's a little more of the, um, if you want to go back to like 2003, like the Nopi style event. Oh, really? Yeah. So they have a burnout competition now. And they had a low car limbo competition. Oh, right. and they well, have they have a drifting they, competition. You, and they have you, all that kind of stuff. You got to do what you got to do to pay the bills. And that's what it is. And uh, but it's still a good show. Not the cool the rest of the crowd up. still yeah. shows up. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, there's a little bit more of the revving and people driving like idiots than they used to be because of that crowd showing up there. There's but usually they get shamed yeah. pretty quickly, and they don't do it more than once. Usually, I remember there was a good Porsche turnout too. Yeah, there's a good uh, everything turn. One of the prettiest 914s I've ever seen, ever. You're with the black one with the, the black red, one with the, the red tart interior. Yeah. yeah, beautiful car. It was like glass. I mean, glass smooth black paint. Yeah, yeah. It was gorgeous. And this was just before the 914 turn, so it was. Yeah. It was like a concourse level restoration on a 914 that didn't really deserve it yet. Now it does. Yeah. But this like the first time I saw it there was like 2010 mm-hmm. maybe. They were still fifteen thousand dollar cars. Yeah. So that, that, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. That's the weekend of May 19th, 20th, and 21st. Yeah. Um, it's in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. What, six hours from here? About, uh, it's a little more. I mean, it's six hours if you don't stop for gas or food. Yeah. So, you know, budget for eight hours. It's right outside of Philadelphia. Oh, I don't know if it's right outside of Philadelphia. Uh, Hershey. Hershey, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. I was thinking of the other show that we used no. to go to. Yes. No, it's not right side of it. It's right side of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yep. So there's stuff to do. If you want to make it a family trip, I've gone down oh, it's definitely family with friendly. the family before. Yeah. And you know, we'll go to the show. And then the last day we'll leave and we'll go to like the Hershey Park for a day. You can camp there. Or you can camp right there on site. There's tons of hotels up and down the Strip of Carlisle. In fact, you met two people that you became friends with that even came to your wedding last year. Yes. Yeah. They're locals down there. And they were yeah. there. We were camping next to them. And they yeah. had a beetle. And uh, a Herbie beetle, actually. Yeah. And... Uh, we invited them to. We, we be friends with them. We hang out with them a couple of times a year now. Invited them to our wedding, and they drove up from Pennsylvania for our wedding. Yeah. So, That's I mean, it's, cool. it's it's a cool event. A lot of cool people. And like I said, if you're looking for like-minded people, like people who are into weird, obscure stuff, and people who just don't have uh, too much of a, I don't know, stick up their butt about having proper, perfect everything cars, um, it's the sh- it's the show for you. It's fun. There's a big midway with tons of manufacturers. Um, there's a big flea market with tons of cool parts, tons of cool die casts. Yep. Uh, I usually buy a you know trunk full of die casts before we leave, mm-hmm. almost always. Um, and it's, it's a good it's a good show. And uh, like I said, we will have a vintage imports of New England booth promoting our services, and we'll have an auto off topic section of our booth. And uh, come down and say hi. Just try to get a banner made to hang on the side of the trailer. There's going to be a banner on the side of the trailer. Uh, I'm not sure what car I'm going to be bringing down in the trailer. Oh, or if we're going to bring the trailer empty and try to buy something while we're there. Uh, all depends on how much money we have and what's been sold and what's still sitting around. So yeah. I would like to bring a car because I have a bring car, a car and put it for sale. 
a combination of the two, yes. There you go. Um, there are some rules. I can't have a booth with a car for sale. It's not a project car. Okay. It has to be like considered parts. But can you roll the car over to the car corral? Then they have a for sale car. They corral? have a car corral, but I'd pay for that as well. So All right. We'll see what happens. I I can I've. I can kind of skirt the issue by just promoting the business and giving people links to the website. And that's true. The car that's there will happen to be on the website. I can't put a for sale sign on it, I don't think. But yeah. it'll be fun nonetheless. You could always bring some model kits if you want to sell them. You know, I thought about that, <laughs> bring some model kits and some old die cast, but I was like, but that's not the business. No. And not. I think it would take away from yeah. the promotion of the business. So I, I, I had that thought, but I'm not going to do it. So the other event that is after that that we – that I went to last year, I didn't go to the year before, kind of been every other, is uh, Susquehannock Trail Pro Rally, so STPR. Yeah, but I know it was STPR, And yeah. that's in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. So, again, about Pennsylvania is like the hot spot of the Northeast car shows, I think, car events, yeah. I should say. And then, uh, you know, that's in usually, believe, mid, it's like late May, early June. Because we are the most prepared podcast of all time, we didn't actually get the dates of all these things, but I'm looking them up right now. Um General Rally News on STPR's website, which is stpr.org. Sorry, I have to be a little dry this week at the show because we're just talking about kind of giving the Northeast event schedule like a touch of it, like what, things that we're going to do, and just kind of to give you an idea of what's out there. In there this is area. stuff. Yeah. You know, everybody says, "Hey, you got to be in. You got to be in California. You got to be in California. You got to be. You got to go where the cars are." But you know, you don't. There's stuff here. You just have to know what you're looking for. Um, yep. So that's. That come that's like late May, early June. Their website might not be working. It was not working the other day. It doesn't seem to be working. No. You go to the uh, American Rally Association (ARA). It should have the uh, schedule. But anyway, the other event that again should be on the ARA schedule is the Mount Washington Climb to the Clouds, and that I believe is sometime in mid June. That is held by the Sports Car Club of New Hampshire, and that is going to be the they're sort of doing the hill climb kind of every couple years the last one was in 2014 so it's that's become sort of a special event by not doing it every year i think yeah i like i like that too because it gives you that you know more time to prep for it more time to think about it and more excitement to yeah it makes it a little you know a little more exclusive okay stpr yeah uh, which is the closest other than new england yeah, full stage rally, um, in is in June, June second and third of twenty seventeen. Yep. So that's the Susquehanna, Sus, Susquehanna Trail Pro Rally. Yeah. So that that's Andrew's been to that one. I unfortunately have not been to that event yet, but maybe this year will be the year. We'll see. That's a real cool one. Yeah, I think so. They have a cool special stage area. It's in like an amphitheater, like a natural amphitheater in a uh, fairgrounds. So you kind of sit up on the hill, and they have this, like, dirt track that they set up. So it's like a special stage? Yeah, and with two – so they run two cars side by side. You know, they're against the clock, but they're side by side like a slot car track, so you have to switch over halfway through, sort of a lot like a rally cross type, like, track or something. More like a rally sprint, but two cars at a time? (laughs) Yeah, well, a rally cross. Okay. Like a European rally cross. Oh, okay. I was going to say rally cross around here. No, 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 no. So that's usually pretty cool. Uh, that's probably one of the better special stages I've seen. Like it really brings out the locals. They can just come. If they hu- they hold it at like seven o'clock at night, so like Friday and Saturday night, everybody can you know come come over after dinner with their families, and they they pay like five bucks or something, and they sit on the hill and watch all the cars. It's pretty cool. 
Okay, so that rally, SDPR, we just talked about was yep. June 2nd and 3rd. Yep. Uh, and then you jumped on to the Mount Washington Hill Climb, which is July 7th and 9th. Okay, so that's in July. Yep. Now, it's Friday through Sunday. What's the best day to go to that one? Which the competition all three days? Yeah. No. The actual hill climb is on Sunday. That's what I thought. So Friday and Saturday must just be... They're just practice days. Practice days. Okay. They do it the similar way to Pikes Peak, where they'll, they'll practice the bottom half, then practice the top half. Okay. Then they race on Sunday. All right. And so I, July 9th would be the race date. And I don't think... I think Pikes Peak is a week later. Like, I don't think they're competing, because sometimes Pikes Peak is... Either late June or like the second week of July. Well, now you're asking me to look up a lot of dates. <laughs> well, I, just because I know there's uh, like uh, Bill Petro of Broken Motorsports is going to run. He's running two cars. He's running one car at Climb of the Clouds, and he's running his other 240s building for Pikes Peak. He's got, he's got two 240s now? Yeah. But he's building a monster one for Pikes Peak because it needs way more horsepower yeah. because you're full like, silhouette style. You're like three times the uh, elevation. elevation. So. That should be neat. Uh, and then the other thing, so right around the same time, I think they're about a week apart. I don't think on the same weekend this year, the Misslewood Concourse in Beverly, Mass. Going from racing to car shows. Well, a week apart is the uh, New England Forest Rally is either the, it's either the same weekend sometimes or Which a week is always apart. unfortunate for me. Yes. Um, yeah, the Misslewood Concourse Car Show. It's Concours d'Elegance. Yes. So it's like a... Invitation as, only. Invitation only for the cars. For the cars. Uh, for spectators, I think it's five, eight, ten bucks, whatever it is to yeah. get in. Um, that's in Beverly, and that's going to be... But that is everything from pre-World War One to, like, That is the 70s. same weekend as New England Forest Rally. Is it? It is, of course. Damn it. Whatever. I wanted to judge this year. Not going to happen, which also means that I have to run home from the forest rally. Yeah. Again this year. Yeah. Ugh. But anyway, so yeah, that's July 22nd, 23rd. Mm-hmm. And July 21st and 22nd is the New England Forest Rally. Mm-hmm. So, which is Friday, Saturday. That's up in Bethel, Maine. Yep. So, we're kind of bouncing all over the place here. We didn't plan this very well today. I didn't bounce it. Not bunts around that much. We're kind of going in order by dates. A little bit, a little bit. But event-wise, it's like, is it a car show or is it a rally crowd or a rally, rally stage rally? Whatever. What's These going the on here? Car shows were eclectic. Yeah, this, this, like this, this is the way like, to be a New England car enthusiast. You like get into everything. Shows. Yeah. So the Concourse of the Elegance is not a typical car show. Like you said, it's no. invitation only. Um, everything's been there from, you know, Delahaye's to Steam Cars to Cunningham's. Was the real GT40, was that there last year or the year there before? Was, yeah, the genuine GT40. Like um, street car trim. Yeah, an actual GT40 street car. Yeah. Owned by the son of the original owner. <laughs> so, yeah. pretty ridiculous story. They have a ton of um, ridiculous cars. Like, a ton of ridiculous cars. Yeah. So, he had the, the same guy that this year, he brought the Lotus Europa. The rear engine car, yeah, but it was a V8 conversion, but, but it in was, period or something. It was no, it was a factory built Lotus oh. V8. Okay, it's like one of one ridiculousness cars. Yes, so had, um, like, crazy front spoilers and stuff. Yeah, it was it was built as like an engineering study by Lotus, and he's all a documentation, everything to prove it, and it's the same thing as his GT40. It's something his dad just bought, and he's had since new. Yeah, pretty that's much. So cool. So yeah, that's some neat stuff. 
some really neat stuff. Stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. There's some cars that are a little more average. So, you know, if you're into the muscle cars, there's muscle cars there. Yeah. But on top of being muscle cars there, there's also, like, period race car, like Trans Am style cars. Yes. Um, and BMW actually brought their... Oh, that's right, because last year was the... It was something anniversary. <laughs> so yeah, bad that, was, that was the 320, right? The 320 race car? No, that was the CSL. Oh, the CSL. That was yeah, the Batmobile yeah, yeah, car. Yeah, the Batmobile. That yeah. was number, it was number 25, was it not? Right. Yeah, yeah, they had that there. The BMW of America actually brought that yeah. to this show. Yeah. So this is a pretty serious show. Um, you know, if you're in the Massachusetts area, it's about 30, 35 minutes north of Boston. Yes. Uh, it's right on the ocean. It's gorgeous. Um, it's called the Misslewood, which is one word, M-I-S-S-E-L-W-O-O-D. Um, it's the name of the building that's held at, at um, Endicott, Endicott, College. Endicott College in Beverly, Mass. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. Um, we will have, I think before then, my father will be on the show. Yes. And he and a friend of his actually started this a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so that'll be, he'll be talking about this quite a bit, I think. So we'll save yep. that discussion for that day. But that's uh, that's gonna be a fun one. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think there's anything after between the Forest Rally and Lime Rock Historics. Oh, the only thing that oh, actually, you know what would be between them? Sorry, is the uh, ALM, AL. Well, it's not ALMS. It's be the Rolex. Rolex, not the Rolex. Uh, no, the Tudor. Whatever it is called this year. Sports cars. Yeah, they're not United Sports Car. It's Tudor Sports Cars. Tudor. They are at Lime Rock in mid-July. That is also an awesome time. I mean, it's only a three-hour race on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's like you a can't, sprint. Yeah, you can't race on Sundays at Lime Rock. Stupid. Because of the laws. church yeah. that is next door. But uh, And it's a mile-and-a-half track with, you know. IMSA. IMSA, IMSA is the cars. Word you're looking for, yeah. yes. Well, it's Tudor, Tudor sports cars. Yeah. And... Uh, it gets some shit because it's a small track, but I don't care because it's really cool. Well, it's the closest they're going to come to us. Yeah. So it's the same car as you watched race Sebring 12 and Daytona 24. And it's usually like 80 to 90 degrees and like 70% humidity. Mm-hmm. It's awful. So, see, so just see, stay home. <laughs> see, I like that. I like, I like just being I have absolutely no super problem. hot. Yeah. I'd much rather be super hot than stuck in the snow and just And Lime Rock, Park, Lime Rock Park is so awesome because it is literally a park. There's no stands. You just walk around. Yep. And there's plenty of trees for shade. Yeah, and you can bring like a little low shade. You can sit on the hill. Yeah, and they and let just, you bring your own food and beverages. Yep. And there's really, other than no dogs, I think there's no other real rules, solid rules to hang out at Lime Rock Park for the day. No, nope, it's very family friendly. Friendly, and I think like under twelve kids get in free too. Yeah, I think something like or that. or like really cheap. I think something like that. Yeah, it's cool. And we you can we, camp go, there. we try to go to a lot of. I don't, don't think you can camp there for that event. Yes, you can. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. No, and it's only like, it's three hours, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Because then, the, I think the one in the race before that, that I've never been to, that I've always wanted to go, is the six hours at the Glen. That's in June. Okay. We still haven't been to Walkins Glen, no. period, for anything. It's six hours away. It's actually yes. on the way. I've driven past it on the way to STBR. STBR, yep. So, to work that into the schedule somehow, too. Because then the next thing, so at the end of the summer, Labor Day weekend, is the Lime Rock Historics. That the, these are kind of all our key events that we're hitting on. These are the ones we don't miss every year. <laughs> yeah, or or you kind of switch them out for other stuff. But yeah, we try to go to as many of these every year yeah. as possible. But Lime Rock Historics is really cool. 
Uh, that's Labor Day weekend. That's a good camping weekend if you yeah. want to go down and camp, which this year we're definitely going to go down and camp. See, last year, uh, they, you missed it. They had the Trans Ams there again. Yes. And those are the vintage Trans Am cars, and those are amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. I saw them run in 2000 and... Oh, was it 2005 or 2006 when I went to the MIDI, yeah. which is the vintage racing at Road Atlanta. And they run them hard. Yeah, they do. Like They run them and hard. And they sound like NASCARs. Yep. Because they're just... They don't run them as hard as the guys that run vintage NASCARs do. No. Because those guys... That's definitely a southern thing. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> I don't recommend watching a vintage NASCAR race if you're impatient because it's, you know, not to be offensive... But it's the good old boys that always wanted to be NASCAR drivers will buy a used, you know, 80s cup car, and they go run them around, you know, whatever track it is where I saw them was Road Atlanta. I would do the same. I, I, again, yeah, I, I call them good old boys, but I would fit right in with that crowd. I'd drive that car all day long. Um, but they don't have the, I don't know, seat time or I don't want to say skill. Let's say it's seat time. And there winds up being a lot of yellow flag. Yep. <laughs> so I would not recommend going to watch vintage NASCARs unless mm-hmm. you're super patient and don't mind watching them go around slow. Nope. Uh, what else was there? There's the, like the pre-war cars. That's pretty cool. Or yeah, some the historics. Yeah. yeah. It gives – I've never been a fan of pre-war cars Mm-mm. just because they're kind of so unknown to me and so different to yep. me. Until I watch them, like, to see them at speed drive. Yeah, driven in anger. Oh, yes. that's that's the other thing. I've seen the uh, the Shelby 2000 GT. Also, at a year that I missed. Wasn't yes, last year. Yep. I was wandering the paddock, just taking some pictures, and I turned around, and there was a Toyota 2000 GT. I was like, "Sweet, that's amazing!" And then I looked beyond it, and the Shelby car was sitting. So it's Which is ridiculous. There's a company in Maine. That owns like three of them and owns the, Shelby, the car. Shelby car. Yeah, the blue one or the red one. The blue, the one, blue one that yeah. we you've seen pictures of probably recently. It was like at Amelia. It's at a couple it other goes places. To everything. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, they were running it on the track at speed, not super hard, but it was running at speed. So that was pretty that cool to sounded, see that. It amazing. did sound amazing. Um, on that event weekend, because it's Lime Rock and they have that rule to charge, they can't yeah. race on Sunday. They have a Concord Elegance yes. there on Sundays as well. A Sunday of that of that weekend, which I have done one year, yeah, because uh, nothing else is going. And they line the track with all the cars. The entire perimeter of the track, pretty much, yep. is covered with cars, and they go by um, the concourses in the main street, yep. where all the concourse level cars are, and then all the back section with all the turns and everything is lined up by car clubs. So you go to the first corner, it'll all be vintage BMWs, and then you go to Mercedes, and then Audi, and then Porsche, and then whatever else going down yep. the road. So. That's a pretty sweet event. Mm-hmm. If you like statically parked cars, which we do like that too. Yeah, but if they're really, really nice cars that you don't see all the time, then yeah. Yeah, totally exactly. So that's that's the the meat of the car events that we do. Yeah. I mean, there's other stuff, and we'll be promoting it as time goes along, as it's coming up. But those are the don't-miss events. So, yes. you know, if we go back, we have Imports of Carlisle, STPR. New England Forest Rally, mm-hmm. Climb of the Clouds, Misslewood, Concord Elegance. Yep. Um, Lime Rock Historics. Yes. That's pretty much the the general meat and potatoes of everything. Yep. And those will get here faster than you think. Faster they than will. I like. Yeah, they will, unfortunately. I do, we do try to get, and we've missed the past couple of years, unfortunately, but Mitsubishi Owner's Day. I haven't heard an announcement this year. Is oh. it going to be one? Is it not going to be one? Who knows? Well, I've always enjoyed that, even if it's mostly modern Mitsubishi's, just to kind of. I don't think it's in Camden, New Jersey anymore, which is not 
a great not, place. It's not a bad thing to be. <laughs> not a bad thing to move out of the murder capital of New Jersey. I mean, it, it was the cool. location was cool. It looked over the the Ben Franklin Bridge and into yeah. Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, but uh, it was in Camden. You had to drive through Camden, which I'm not joking in saying this. You know, it is. It's a it, really it's, bad it's part of town. It's the murder capital of New Jersey. It's really bad. But it was on like the Rutgers campus, Cam- Campbell Field. Was it Rutgers? It's uh, whatever it's some school it is. School there. Yeah, it's Cam- Campbell Field, so it's all Campbell Soup sponsored. You know, baseball field. Um, but it was like the Camden Sharks or something. Yeah, I don't remember the team name. It's like a minor league team. Um, but the show is strictly for Mitsubishi owners. Um, they do well. They used to do one on the West Coast. Oh, bless you. At the West Coast Mitsubishi headquarters. They did one in Illinois yep. at the plant, which they don't do anymore. Um, and they did one on the East Coast at their, like, East Coast warehouse, which is like a parts warehouse, I think. Yeah. In Swe- oh, near the parts warehouse in Swedesboro, New Jersey. So I'm not sure if they're doing it this year. I haven't heard a date on that. Um, again, we'll keep you informed on that one. I usually enjoy going to that one. Um I had to go in a rental car one year, so I like to make it up to not have to go in a rental car because I broke my car the day before the event. Yeah. So, you remember going to another Corolla? <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't the rental Corolla? Wasn't fun? No, no. But that's a good event. I think you. Yeah, but I think I went there that year though too. You had yeah, you had your Galant. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Well, this is your first year. You finished the Galant, and I was thrashing to get the Sapporo ready, and I got it ready, and then I broke it. Yeah. So it didn't happen. But anyway, project car updates. Yes. What has Andrew worked on this week? No project cars. More yeah. like project house. You haven't touched the truck at all? Updates. I haven't touched the truck at all. No. Okay. Oh, we looked at it a little bit. Uh, it's definitely knocking, but we're trying to figure out if it's like up. Hello, Stephanie. She's trying to get Enzo out of here because he's being fresh. Yeah, whatever. He's all right. Oh, are we going to hide under the table now? Go get Stephanie. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, we were Stephanie's looking, first guest appearance on the podcast. Yeah, we were looking at the truck, so we're trying to figure out what the noise is. It it almost sounds like so if it sits clearly, all the oil drains out of lifters, which is normal, and then it, you know it wraps like real loud, and then it just wraps like, like slightly, a like a little bit. So um, we're kind of thinking like maybe it does have bad lifters. Because it's also hard to start. So if you've got bad lifters and they're collapsed and you've got a couple cylinders that are closed on startup. It's going to be hard to open them. It's going to be hard to start. Yeah. I mean, eventually they'll bottom out and then they'll pressurize with oil. Right. And because once the truck's been running and you shut it off, it fires right back up. So we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to test the um, fuel pressure and then we're going to put on an oil pressure gauge. And that uh, the old mechanic trick I heard that you can watch the oil pressure fluctuate if you've got a bad rod bearing. Oh, really? Yeah. Is there not a factory gauge on that one? It is, but it's electronic yeah, or something. So you, we want to actually yeah. bolt in an oil pressure gauge okay. to like the oil filter housing or whatever you bolt it in, mm-hmm. and try to figure that out. Uh, and ideally, if it is upper end, that's a lot easier than pulling the engine. So we're going to do a little more diagnosis. Yeah, that would be awesome if you get away with just doing a valve job on it. Not even valve jobs. Or lifters. Just lifters. Yeah. But so we're trying to figure it out. I mean, it's not the the tack kind of started working again the other day. Okay. And then I have to, I still have to take the alarm out. So could be a weird ground somewhere somewhere doing that. Yeah. No. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. And then while I was over there, my dad was like, "So we're the truck is over at my dad's house and near his garage, 
And yep. we, we've got Brad's 4G6 yes, my project our update is we moved the motor. Yes. Actually, we talked about, talk about that last We week? did, because that's what yeah. we did right before. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. So it's in the garage, and my dad was out looking at it, and he was, like, turning it over, because it's just a short block with a crank and pistons and rods and everything in it. Yep. And he was like, you know, the number four has got a lot of play in it. I hope yeah, it doesn't a weird, have a bad bearing. a weird movement to it as he was cranking it by hand. Yeah, it would, it would dip, like, a quarter of an inch, yeah. which is kind of weird. So I was like, well... Let's just roll it over and pull the pan off because there's only four bolts holding the pan on. So somebody's been in there recently, obviously. So we took it off, and I touched the number four rod, and the rod end bolts are super loose, like hand tight. So I undo them. There's no bearing in there. Which is better than being a bad bearing. Well, it there's no signs that it, like, spit out the bearing or anything because all the machining is still on the rod. Right. And there's no crank visible crank damage. And it was... Just hand tighten bolts. Yeah. So. so for some reason, somebody decided to take the bearing out. My hope is they took it out to measure something. Yeah. And then they just didn't put it back together because they were planning on replacing it. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have which is whole, fine. You have the whole thing cleaned and checked. We're gonna anyways. take the whole thing apart, send the block out, have it cleaned. You know, if we got to go oversized, we go a little oversized just for you know making it correct, not for performance gains. Doesn't have a um, balance shaft. Correct. The balance shaft eliminator kit was already in it. Yep. So that's not a big deal. No, and I, and I don't know. It'll run though, fine. Yeah, I, I may just leave it out. I'm not going to hmm. switch back in with a new no, bearing it, and a new shaft. No, it's already there. It's, just, it's already there. It's already there. Just leave it. I was kind of on the fence either way. I was like, eh, I don't want to buy the kit. I already have new balance shafts. I mean, balance belt. It, it's already taken out. So I'll just put it together. It. But if it's already done, I'm just going to leave it. Yep. It is what it is. And I talked to... There's one less belt to buy. For, yeah, well, I already have the belt. Yeah. <laughs> I, already, I already bought the belt. Yeah. But I talked to a friend of the podcast, Brad, with the other Gallant, other Brad with the Gallant yep. in the Eclipse. And he has, just to confirm, he does have a downpipe for me. Oh. Cool. So we don't have to build a downpipe or buy a downpipe. So all we have to do is adapt the exhaust. The, the exhaust we have, which is a little on the large side, but I'm just going to keep it for now, I think. Uh, adapt that to the downpipe that Brad Oh, has. you know what? I have a stock muffler for those I bought when I was putting mine back together. I don't know if I want a stock muffler. I mean, while it's on, it's not super loud. Well, so we'll I see what one. happens. You can figure it out. I make my own a little bit of noise. It's a I, I also, well, maybe I sold it. I thought I still had the muffler from my Talon, but maybe I got rid of it. Oh, the old chrome one that you painted? Yeah, the stainless one. Yeah, whatever. Was Sorry, chrome. excuse me. Stainless. It was stainless. Chrome don't get you home. No. So but, what? what is your project update actually? Oh, it's because it's, you know... Old houses, project houses. I've been working yeah. on uh, doing exotic wood floor in my living room. Welcome to this old off-topic. Hey, <laughs> I'm sure if you're one of our listeners, you're probably you know late twenties, early forties. You probably own your own house. I'm sure you work on your own house because if you're into that stuff, you're kind of into working on cars mostly. I hate working on my house. Hey, my wife loves it. She does projects all the time. I hate working on the house. Any moment I'm, working in the house is a moment I can't work on a car. I'm getting better. If I'm not fixing something that's broken, I'm okay. With, I'm less annoyed. If I'm if I'm modifying something to look better, I'm a little more okay with it. I am not. So I hate working in my house. I want to sell the house and just buy a garage and live in a cot in the corner. But the wife and daughter don't agree with me. So well, yeah. But you know. Anyway, so I've been doing. It's a nail-down floor in my living room. We had to, Stephanie and I had to rip up all of the ugly green carpet that took a whole Saturday. So it was a lot of carpet. It was a lot of carpet. It's yeah. a 400-square-foot room, all carpet. Like, I was like, we were so sore afterwards just from being, you're down on the floor, you're cutting carpet, you're picking it back up, you're rolling it out, and then you're lugging it out to the curb to be thrown away. It was so annoying, but it's 
gone. Had a nice, it had a good subfloor, putting in bamboo floors. Although I don't feel bad that you drip up 400 square feet worth of carpet for your one room because my entire house is 590 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had to buy, you know, I got to buy a new tool, the floor nailer. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It's air impact, and then you hit it with a hammer, and it, like, nails the, the tongue and groove in. So once yeah, you get that first sweet. row lined up, the rest of it's gone pretty good. I've only done, like, three rows because it's, like, a 25-foot row, but each time you do it, but whatever. It's coming along. I'll work on it this weekend. I'll have the endurance race on while I'm working on it Saturday. Excellent. Yeah, it's a bamboo finish. Bamboo wood. Yeah, it's pretty finished. So it's real hard, too. Yeah, it's like a... So they take the strands of bamboo because it's renewable because bamboo grows so fast. Yep. And they kind of, like, grind them all up, and they mash them together with, like, urethane or whatever the hell they use, epoxy. So it's, like, plywood made out of bamboo. Yeah, but it looks, fancier. it looks way nicer. It, lo- it, looks like a, it looks like a board. It looks like a cut, stained board. It doesn't yeah, look like Yeah, it's got this dark stain. It's patinaed. It's it's antique Which Java. Which I like for a flooring, because the flooring is going to get damaged anyway. Yeah, so. the other samples, the ones that were, like, a perfect finish, just didn't look as nice, I thought. I didn't like them yeah. as much. It kind of reminds me of if you go to, like, a historic house that has the old pine floors that are really wide boards. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. And then if it does manage to get scratched, you can cover up because there's already scratches from the factory. Yeah, it's got marks in it already. Yeah. So, so you don't, And it shouldn't get scratched because it's super hard. It's super hard. You as can, you learned with your first air gun and uh, nailer. Yeah. It's, like, super hard to nail. You have to, like, pre-drill it and, like, hand-dry finish nails in it. When you you start that first row, you have to... To blind nail it because you can't get the floor nailer in there because of the clearance. But anyway, there's you could do probably a whole podcast on like home improvements. I'm sure there are, but I'm sure there are many of them. I, I I'm mean, sure there's this whole house podcast. W- I when it works that, and when you're doing it, it is satisfying. Like I was, I did a couple of rows before you got over here, and I was like, oh, ah, yeah. that, that's pretty cool. Like it's, it's not done. satisfying for me. I, I, I would much when it comes to home improvements. You know, we say this all the time with cars, and I don't like paying somebody to work on my car. Yeah. But I, I just, I'd much rather just pay. It somebody. depends on what it is. Like, we paid a guy to do the roof because I'm not going up the roof. Yeah, I guess. And that just, obviously, an expert can just get the roof done way faster than I can. But Although I will say, when I had to replace the sill on yeah. the house, yeah. I paid a guy, and he's like, hey, I'll give you a discount if you help. And I was like, I'm down with that. All right. So All I right. got a pretty good discount for helping him. And I learned a lot doing it. Yeah. I also learned that I don't want to do it again. Yeah. Especially not in the wintertime when I did it because it had to be done. No. Um, but... That was not as bad as trying to do it from scratch myself, I think. The only other thing with, with finish work, like doing the floor, because it's my floor, I'm taking my time with it and just making sure it's done like as best as possible because I have to look at it. Exactly. Like, I'm not just slapping it down. Like Anything that you know you screw up, you know you'll stare at every day yeah. when you walk in the room. But I some, know that is there. But somebody you might pay might just slap it down in like a day. Right. And the same thing, though, if somebody slaps it down for you in a day, you might not notice the little error that he knows he made. Yeah, maybe. So, I, I don't know. Whatever. It's not like working on a car where if you do it wrong, the wheel falls off on the way home. So I guess. I'm just going to pay somebody to do most of those things. Right. You, did you work on any cars? Uh, no. I did not. All right. I did. Exciting. I did. I, I still, believe it or not, have the Honda Accord that I sold six months ago. Not quite six months well, ago. Well, a long time the ago. The customer was waiting for the winter break. Weather to break, and weather hasn't been breaking, so... I did actually deliver that car yesterday to um, the shop in Merrimack, Auto Alliance, does the undercoating. Yes. To have clear undercoating put on it. Which has held up very well in my truck. Yeah, it has it really well. We had a tough winter, too. yeah, and it held up really well. You can see a couple of spots where it wore off underneath, but I'll just have it reapplied if yeah. I still have the truck. 
So I have the Honda is there now, getting that done to it. And yep. fingers crossed, if it doesn't, you know, 40 days and 40 nights of flooding happen the next day, yep. uh, I should be delivering that car hopefully tomorrow or Friday. No, I'm going to I'm gonna do the new truck just with the clear stuff. Yep. Won't, won't use the black. Yeah, the, the clear is the way to go. Yep. Especially on a car you're going to be working on. Yes. So. Plus you can... Because I'm actually going to do it in the springtime because it gets so goddamn humid up here. Right. That things will rust. Rust forms all the time. Yep. As evidenced by any car around here. But anyway, as far as scale project cars, I haven't really worked on anything because uh, I've been busy with the house stuff. Yep. Uh, I did. I was at Target the other night. I had to get some uh, beard grooming stuff and uh, other things. Um, okay. I'm assuming we mean like clippers. No, I needed some razors. And- okay. And other stuff. I was hoping you weren't going to be like beard oil because I had to punch you in the face from across the Well, I sent you that picture of the beard oil. Yeah, they had in the store, yeah. So, I mean, maybe you should maybe get some. I don't know. You look a little dry over there. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I obviously swung through the Hot Wheels section. It, it's so bad. That's become my first stop. When it I walk always in, is. When I walk into a Target, a Walmart, a CVS... Uh, local grocery store, market basket. I always go to where I know they have the Hot Wheels cars first because I'm afraid if I don't go there first, somebody's going to get there before me and take the good stuff, even though I know they probably already you know were there at opening that morning. Yeah, well, it's always weird when you're running the other adult in the aisle. You're like, hey, what's up? You know, at- it's, I'm, I'm 50-50 <laughs> on that. I've met one guy who was really cool. I only met one guy that was weird. That was it. I've met one guy. I've, Actually, I've met two. a few guys that were really cool, and I met a couple of guys that were just like, are you a collector? And I'm like, yeah. I collect them, and then like they hide what they're buying, and I'm like, "Whoa, it's all right. It's already in your hand. I don't need. Yeah. I'm not going to take it from you. <laughs> so it's all good. Wrestle it from you. Yeah, this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't high stakes Hot Wheels hunting here. This is just like cruising to the aisle. If anything's there, I'll buy it. If not, I'm not going to go nuts. But anyway, I found the Hot Wheels, uh, the Redline Racer, the '68 Corvette. So it's that casting, the convertible it's top, the convertible like SECA style. Yeah, but it's just Redline tires, and it's like yellow and black. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It was pretty cool looking. I got it upstairs. I'll show it to oh, you afterwards. Check it out with you. So uh, I have been working on. I have a little scale project car ADD lately. Yep. Because we didn't finish our Evos because the kit was garbage, uh, and my taillight issue happened. Um, oh, yeah. Mine should be dry enough to put the black trim on now. I forgot yeah, about it. probably. I still have to find a taillight to finish mine. Uh, excuse me. But last week, we talked about the Galant that I built, of course. Yeah. Um, and I went a little... I went off of Mitsubishi this week. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'm working on two kits. One is a 132nd scale Mazda Carol. Okay. Which is their little 360cc K-class car from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, four-door rear-engined. Cute little car. Um, and I broke out from the basement an old AMT uh, dune buggy kit. Oh. Because I've been obsessing over Baja Beetles and dune buggies lately. So I figured I should build one to kind of get the mm-hmm. obsession out of my brain. So, And plus, when we were at the model car show last week, week before, we saw that kit of the Baja Beetle. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have a dune buggy. I'm going to build that. So, oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you. There's a it's, – it's deep in my Instagram feed, but there's – on the route I walk the dog in the neighborhood here, there's a house that has a blue Baja Beetle that moves around. So somebody drives it. So I've never seen it. Be, I've never seen it being cool. driven, but it's it gets used, obviously. Yeah, which is good. Yep. I'll have to keep an eye out for it. Yeah, it's like a baby blue, like that, like Does sky it have blue. Inboard headlights or headlights still on the fenders? I think they're on the headlight in the fenders. I think. Okay, because I'm not going to buy a Baja Beetle unless it's a true Baja Beetle kit with the headlights moved inboard. Oh, maybe they're inboard to the center panel there. I don't know. 
Which is a terrible idea for visibility, but an awesome idea for looks. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, yeah, that's it for Scale Project Car Updates. I think that's it for a podcast. Yes, it's not a listener question week, so we get no listener no, questions. No, real light week. Keep it short for you guys. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, I want to thank our listener, Frank Eck. Yes, I'm assuming. Yep. He's been uh, promoting our sharing it all over Facebook, which is great. Yeah, we appreciate that yep. more than he even realizes. Yes. And uh, I tried to get together with him when I was picking up a car in Florida a couple months ago. Couldn't make it happen. Next time I'm down there, I'm going to try harder to make it happen because I appreciate everything you're doing for us, Frank. And uh, I'll take you out for you know, dinner and a beer somewhere. Yep. So, so as always, you can follow us on Auto Off Topic uh, Podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. You can follow me, Race and Anger, on Instagram. You can email us, Auto Off Topic at Gmail. 50-50 chance of Andrew even checking? No, I keep checking and nobody right, emails right, me, right. so I'm lonely. Email me. I'll be waiting silently. But as always, the podcast is sponsored by... Vintage Imports of New England. Uh, Vine for short. Uh, VintageImportsNE.com. And find us at Vintage Imports of New England. Search on Facebook, Instagram, and that's just it. Uh, contact me there at Vintage Imports NE. Sorry, Brad at Vintage Imports ne.com yes uh, and then my personal instagram as always is the tsiss350 yes and if you heard my story last week about shipping my montero you should and you don't want to have a nightmare shipping story you should definitely yes it will cost Brad. a little bit more it because will. i have an enclosed vehicle and i have to go two ways to get your car um but i guarantee it will arrive safe and sound and as clean as the day i picked it up yes if not cleaner because i'm crazy so thanks for listening and keep your cars analog.